0: Hello
1: and welcome to Do The Franchise with me, Jake. And me, James. And it's the third one. It's Jurassic Park 3. That's what we're doing today, Jurassic Park 3. A terrible intro, I'm sorry about that. But I uh, yeah, what what do you think, James?
0: Is this the one that we are contracted to do in the same way that most of the actors in the film seem to have been on contract to do, even though they didn't want to be there?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so this is, for us... When we say to everybody on the do the franchise-like listenership, we've got to do a trilogy of Jurassic Park, we've signed on for three, we've got bored at two, and <laughs> now we're still doing the third one, even though we don't want to. This is basically what happened with... What was it called? This is what, I can't even remember what it's called. This is what happened with the one with the cars. What's it called?
0: Fast and Furious. That's it, James. I can't even remember what the fuck it was called. Oh dear. and well Fur- the I, I, Fast and Furious. I, I I want to I want to make a, a public apology. I accused yeah. the first film of being ridiculous because they were stealing DVD players from trucks. But right. this year, people have been stealing PlayStation fives from trucks in a similar oh. fashion. So it's not that ridiculous. Really? So yeah, apparently, apparently people are, are stopping trucks and nicking PS fives off them. So I am sorry. I I fully admit that at the time, stealing DVD players probably was a legit thing. <laughs>
1: Were they driving Honda Civics?
0: I hope so. And I I, I hope they were wearing like Vin Diesel masks, you know, like uh, in the uh, Spider-Man film where they're all wearing Avengers masks. Yes, they could all be wearing Paul Walker and Vin Diesel masks. I I think (laughs) it's the only way to steal (laughs)
1: PS5s. Oh, man, that'll be a great Christmas, wouldn't it? You know, what do you want? I've got 500 PS5s in the (laughs) garage, (laughs) dishing them out on the car boot. Uh, just, just a disclaimer from Do the Franchise. If anybody does uh, have a uh, PS5 that uh, it might have been sourced illegally, uh, let me and James know.
0: We will buy it off you. <laughs> 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 I can't get my hands on one quick enough. Oh gosh. <laughs> I've just got this image now of some family. What do you want for Christmas? I'd like socks, please. Well, You're getting a PS5. I don't want a PS5. I'd like some socks, yeah. please.
1: Yeah. What does you want, Timmy? Oh, I just really want some money. This... You're getting a fucking PS5. <laughs> Big Tony's got you one off the back of the lorry. You're getting a PS5.
0: Oh, mate. If anyway, anyway, it's anyone can't to... tell, we're trying to put off talking about Jurassic Park.
1: Is it that obvious? <laughs> Is it that obvious? <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, I
1: Jurassic Park, right, I'm going to just go for it. So it's got 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb, it has 49% on the Rotten Tomato website. Oh, God, I, I think, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong, I reckon I'd give this a generous 3 out of 10.
0: Yeah, like, that is generous. Yeah, Your 3 reckon? out of 10. Yeah. yeah. I, I can go that far, I think.
1: Hmm. My first I mean, note, as me and James, obviously, we, we, we write notes every week. This note, James, just says, 3 out of 10, it's a poor movie, but thankfully it's only 1 hour and 30 minutes long.
0: <laughs> it is gracefully short, now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, this reminds me, and I need to check the facts on this. Do you remember when you told me that thing about the Justice League film and other films of that ilk, where they make their runtime shorter so they can play more in theatres? Is that what you said? Yeah. I think there's a case of this here. Would you you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think this... Yeah, definitely.
1: So strange. So, I just don't understand it.
0: I it. This... It seems like this is a film made by people who didn't necessarily see the first two Jurassic Park films, but went mm. on the Jurassic Park theme ride and thought <laughs> that's what the film was. And um, also... I want, I want to, to have a little bit of a gripe here. It's called Jurassic Park yes. 3. Yes, it is, yeah. Now, it is not set in the park. No. Nope. And the main dinosaur isn't from the Jurassic period. So why is this called Jurassic Park? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. It's really weird because I've been reading a lot about the Spinosaur. And obviously, if you've not seen this film, I don't know why you listen to us, but if you've not seen this film, go and watch it. Um, Spinosaurus was a dinosaur Uh, i think late was it late cretaceous i think correct it it was a it was again i'm rambling it was a it was a water dinosaur so they reckon it was more like a crocodile it was very large um it did have four limbs but it said it probably walked around on four legs and it didn't do a lot of land dwelling it was more of a crocodile it was in rivers and lakes and things so that's what they said. They've said it's like nothing like what it's been made to look like in, in Jurassic Park. So I always think, do you know what it reminds me of? Remember Godzilla? Uh, they remade Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. And instead yes. of him looking like Godzilla, he just looks like a Tyrannosaurus Rex that's really big. Yeah. Oh, He looks a bit like this Spinosaurus, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Like, no matter whether you think, oh, come on, Jake, it's only a fantasy film, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm down with that. But when you've given us such an amazing movie as Jurassic Park 1, set in a world in which we've got this conception that dinosaurs have come back from the prehistoric age through the means of DNA, through the means of science, through the prism of um, a really clever scientific plot of cloning through, what, dinosaur DNA. Mm. Like, to then just go, we're putting a bigger dinosaur in with more teeth. You go, oh, It's like you said, it's like they haven't even watched the film, that they don't even know what Jurassic Park was about. And also, like you said, it's called Jurassic Park 3. It's got nothing to do with Jurassic
0: Park. If anything, it
1: should be called The Lost World 2.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the only thing I can give this film credit for is it seems to know that. Like, there's yeah. a, a scene in the beginning where Alan Grant says, no, no, those two dinosaurs wouldn't ever fight. They weren't born near each other. Yeah. So it's it recognises that. And then yep. there's a scene much later where the, the people who I think should be the main bad guys of the film, the Kirbys, um yeah. One of one of them says to to Alan Grant, "We brought you along because you you know the area. You've been here before." And he says, "No, no, I was on the other island." So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the film knows that it's not right <laughs> about any of this stuff, yeah. And yet, it's still it's carried on with the with with the whole pretense of making it a Jurassic Park film when really it's a mm. let's put Alan Grant in another awkward situation. Um, yeah,
1: I think we've said this. Um, prior to filming and again for the, for the audience we this film is basically got one character in it and that character is alan grant everyone else in the film is potentially dinosaur fodder like they are yeah. literally just characters that i couldn't care less about that are there for me to for alan grant to watch get killed and even alan grant sam neill says in this movie um if you go, Billy, it's just me and the damn tourists. You're like, yeah, these are just people that nobody cares about. Even Alan Grant, who's supposed to be in the film with them,
0: caring about them.
1: He doesn't give a shit about them.
0: Yeah. Oh. It, so it's, so, yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't it? Because his arc on the original, you know, his story arc on the original film was someone who's more of a scientist, doesn't really care about kids or people and then he grows and and becomes someone who cares about people and then he's almost completely reset emotionally Uh, in this film. he's he's broken up with Ellie in
1: this film. In fact, let's just go to the beginning because I feel like I'm going to skip too far ahead again. Um, This film opens with the Universal logo. It's got the Amblin logo. So this gives you an idea that Spielberg still has a foot in the door of the franchise. Anyone that doesn't know Amblin is Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy's company. Um... It then there's ripples in the water at the beginning, which is kind of heavily self-referential to what's been before at Jurassic Park 1 and 2. Mm. Um, you get the Jurassic Park 3 logo. It tears a hole in the screen. It's very campy. Like, it... It's very reminiscent of those Jason and Freddy films. Do you know when they did like Friday the 13th yeah. 5 or Nightmare Before Elm Street 10? You just go to a point where we are run out of ideas. And it's like you said, the filmmakers kind of know they've run out of ideas, but they have to churn a film out to make sure they retain the rights to these, these films.
0: Yeah. And it, <sighs> it, is, it is very much that cheesy intro. It's uh, Jaws 3D. It's, it's all, all the terrible films you can imagine. Mm. That's how they start and you you you're just filled with this sense that this isn't going to be a fun film.
1: <laughs> no. Uh so again it's rich Americans on holiday Costa Rica. Um If you didn't see it, it's really funny. When they're on the um, parasail on the back of the boat at the very beginning of the movie, you can actually see a CGI island from Costa Rica behind them. So the two people on the parasail could not be more obviously in a green screen studio. Like, (laughs) it is shockingly bad. And it goes back to what you just said about the Jaws 3D, when you can see, like, Michael Caine on a boat and he's very clearly just got a blue screen behind him and he's not on a boat anywhere. Yeah. Um, This movie's so lazy in that respect. It looks like they've they've shot some footage of some people on a boat and a parasail And then he intercut it to this studio shot footage of the kids, is it um, Eric and, uh, I can't remember the man's name, is it Ben? I think his name's Ben. Yeah. On the parasail, who are basically taking an excursion in Costa Rica to see the dinosaurs, which obviously they would do, because that is probably the most realistic thing in the whole film. Yeah. Well, Um, no,
0: second most realistic. The first most realistic thing is the really wimpy explosion that happens when the boat crashes, (laughs) because the boat just sort of hits a landmass and then goes... And falls over. It's like that yeah. is probably what would happen, but Hollywood's taught us to expect a really big explosion. And when it doesn't yeah. happen, it's just like, oh, oh, that was that was a bit disappointing. Realistic, yeah. but disappointing. Yeah,
1: but, but before that, loads of movie mist rolls in over the boat, and then when the <laughs> boat emerges from movie mist, there are no people on boat. Yeah, it, ugh, it's so camp. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Honestly. Watching it now at the age of 29, having watched this when it first came out in the cinemas, I think I was pumped for it when I was a kid. And I think going back and watching it with the knowledge of what I know of movies now and the things that I have seen, and it, it's just terrible. It's so bad.
0: It is. It is. And they, they reuse a lot of things. A lot of things are just rehashed. Yeah. Um, like uh, oh, Grant, for example, still has no money for his dig. Uh, so I, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing Hammond spared some expense again because he didn't get his money from Hammond by the looks I of mean, it I
1: mean Hammond wasn't mentioned once in this movie so I'm guessing Hammond is dead yeah. um, uh, I don't know it's weird isn't it there's, there's a really funny bit like, I think what we're going to talk about this as we go through it but there's a thing with technology within film and you know exactly what I mean because we've talked about this before where you put technology in a movie to make it more modern And by doing so, you age the film terribly 20 years later. And that's kind of what this has done now. This film came out, I think, in 2003. Am I saying that right? I think 2003. I think you're right, Um, yeah. It's about 17 years ago. So it's dated. Like, the guy has a camcorder when he's when he's hammed the parasail. You know, kids are watching that shit now. are like, where's his GoPro? And you're like, yeah. go what? <laughs> go what? And then there's a really funny bit where Ben puts the camcorder to the side of his abdomen when they're, like, in jeopardy in the air. But the camcorder just disappears, James. He doesn't go into a pocket. He just lowers it. And then when his arm comes back up, it's gone. So I'm guessing Ben's passed it down to the props team below them. Um... <laughs> I just think it's really strange. It's the same with the cellular phone, the the satellite phone. Yeah, it has a really annoying ringtone, which we'll talk about. Um, that that dates the film. Do you know, like all these things? They, they I mean, Billy at the beginning of this movie invents the three D printer. Yeah, <laughs> which is I, really weird. That's one of
0: my notes. They've got no money for the dig, but Billy's been out buying three D printed parts. <laughs> so yeah. you know, if they needed money for the dig, they could have. They could have avoided buying the 3D printer. I mean, they've got the actual bones underneath them and he's busy reconstructing them from a 3D (laughs) picture he's taken. And you just think, that's not not archaeology. Surely that's not what Grant wants to do. I love this bit where Grant... Because there's a really
1: clever bit at the beginning where they've set up Grant's got this kid and then it cuts to Ellie... With another kid, and then it cuts to Ellie kissing a husband. And then you realise, oh, Ellie's not married to Grant, she's married to somebody else. Yeah. So, like you say, they literally just hit the Alan Grant reset button, and... He's gone back to a dig that's got no funding. Ellie seems to have sold a book based on Jurassic Park by the sounds of it, and it's doing really well.
0: Um, why didn't Grant sell a book? Anyway, um... well, that, that's the best thing. He has, he has got two books in this film because the kid who gets lost on the island says, I've read both your books. But he oh, also, yes, he, he, he then has this really sarky comment about Malcolm's book. Yeah, <laughs> and the, I love the fact that. that Ellie and Malcolm have both got successful books, and at the beginning of the film, Grant's on—I assume some sort of speaking tour to support a book—but he's a terrible public speaker. Like, he, yeah, he is. He's, he's got awful, no charisma, and people are so bored. And then he says, "Has anyone got any questions?" And everyone's hand goes up, and he says, "Has anyone got any questions that aren't related to Jurassic Park?" <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> hands go down, and they start leaving. And you just think, "Yep, yeah, that's kind of summing up this film." No, for me James, right now. They- James, they were leaving before that. They were, there were people walking out of the lecture. I, I counted.
1: I think six people walked out the lecture whilst Alan was talking about raptors. Um, there's a really, I put a really funny note in here that I've got to read to you. I just put, Alan Grant is a buzzkill to kids. And this was a reference to the beginning. And then I put a second note in that just says, parrots are a buzzkill to Alan Grant. <laughs>
0: Because he tries to talk to that parrot and it just fucks him off. Yeah, it just won't talk to him. And then, I think, is that foreshadowing for the raptor later? Do you reckon, I don't know. I don't Do you think reckon the film clever. is that clever? Or, or no, am I, I reading don't... too much into it? I think I'm reading you're too much giving into it, it. You're giving Joe Johnston too much credit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, did Joe Johnston... I'm going to put it on the limb here. I'm going to have a look in a minute. I think Joe Johnston directed... Um, I think he directed Jumanji. Oh, okay. Like, Jumanji's a really good film. And again, one of my personal favourites from being a 90s kid. I really love that film. Um, I'm going to have a look at his IMDb. God, we're so disorganised today. It's terrible. This is such a terrible (laughs) episode. I'm so sorry to everybody listening. Um... Right, so let's have a really quick nosy through the, the director credits of Joe Johnson. So Joe Johnson, if you didn't know, he's a director now. He started his career as one of the uh, visual effects supervisors on Star Wars. He works for Lucasfilm. Ah, okay. um, so he was like the the top guy on A New Hope and Empire doing the you know, special effects. And he brought us the Spinosaurus.
0: Oh, god! He did. So wow. he's
1: directed for the movies uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, classic. Yeah. Um, the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones... Um Jumanji, October Sky, Hidalgo, won't talk about that. Um and Captain America The First Avenger, pretty good. And um yeah, Jurassic Park Three. So a few it, few films in there. So sort I of
0: had a hit and miss kind of career really. Oh very much so, James, yeah. very much so. <laughs> um it's at the speech where the Kirby's approach Alan Grant, isn't it? He pretends to be a a millionaire mr kirby yeah
1: so this is when uh we have the yeah we have the really rude lecture people walk out um grant says something about the raptors were really smart and i'm like well they're not that smart because they're extinct and then um, (laughs) there's a really cool reference there to san diego because he says something about the san diego incident and i was like oh okay so at least they're like acknowledging that lost world is canon there yeah um and then we get a really weird scene before your scene you're talking about we get the one with the mercenaries you see the ones with the mercenaries draw the yeah. face on the aircraft and you think oh these are going to be the bad guys like Dennis Nedry um, gonna spoil it they're not bad guys they're just fodder <laughs> yeah
0: they're not bad guys I mean the, the main one that you think is probably going to be the leader is really he just claims to be the organiser and yeah, he, he, he says he's he, an events organizer, does <laughs> not he, or something stupid? Yeah, he's like, I just arrange things, and he's the only one that survives. So they're on the island with the one person who doesn't have any survival skills or uh, mercenary skills. No mercenary skills, um, and uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> they're getting a call from Mister Kirby, aren't they? Um, yeah,
1: yeah, he rings them on the
0: on their little plane. Yeah. yeah, and you get that whole setting up the satellite phone as a thing. Um, yeah. It, very, and they've got a big gun that blows up the plane. Um, so that you think absolutely mercenaries, bad guys, in yeah. actual fact, completely useless uh, do you know dinosaur as well, Do
1: you know what, as well? They could have, like, genuinely, when I watched this film, again, watching it now, this week, without having watched it for years, I kind of thought that that seems very reminiscent of it was going to go in like an aliens direction. Do you know, like they were going to go with like military over to the island yeah. and you were going to have like Hudson and all that. Like you're going to have some ragtag ex army Marine people who are going to be horrible badasses. And I just thought, what a great story. Then I started thinking I, me and James should have sketched like a script together and thought we could make a better film than this. We could have probably written one in half an hour. Yeah. Um, so they, and another thing, and again, I'm going off another tangent. There's a big inconsistency with this movie in that Eric, the boy, says to Grant, I know that ringtone anywhere. It's Kirby Paint and Tile Plus. Mm -hmm. And it's my dad's satellite phone. Well, it can't be because the mercenary man, Hudeski, he has the phone at the beginning of the film. And like you say, the stupid ringtone goes off and he answers it and he says, oh, Mr. Kirby, how are you doing? So you're like... Well, that's not Mr. Kirby's phone, so that's all wrong. They've yeah. completely missed that. That's all rubbish. Do you know what I mean?
0: Jake, I, I think you've definitely found a plot hole, but it's probably one definitely. of many.
1: Oh, <laughs> that, no, that I'm they, sorry. i was quite very really excited. Didn't...
0: No, no, I think it, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely a bigger plot hole in the film, but it's probably one of those films that has enough problems that it just couldn't see that one. Yeah. And
1: anyway, like you say, back on Montana, Billy is the most boring character we've ever met in any Jurassic movie. Uh, yeah. He's a sexy, young uh, archaeologist, Indiana Jones type. Uh, he's a bit reckless. He's buff. Uh, and he's not the kind of person that anyone would imagine Alan Grant would want to hang around with. <laughs> no,
0: no. I, you get the impression that he's just there because he's the one person who will work for free.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and he's dropped out of college and he's like, I'm down on my luck. Uh do you want to dig some dinosaur bones up? Ah fuck it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why not? That sounds like a good idea.
1: And then we obviously get the immortal William H Macy, um one of the I think he's a great actor. I can't fault William H Macy. I also think he's the best thing about this film. Yeah. Um and he introduces himself as a millionaire. I think as well if Grant and and Billy are so clever as archaeologists. Takes 10 minutes to do a Google search, do some due diligence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this film you know google was around at the time of this film yeah definitely so they, yeah. they definitely could have done a bit of a google found out about him you know found out that he really just runs a kitchen tile place and
1: <laughs> and maybe said in no yeah in oklahoma yeah. and
0: maybe said no or maybe learn from the mistakes of their past where they've signed on to do something related to dinosaurs and with the promise of funding that apparently never happened <laughs> made yeah. me think that that's going to happen do again. <laughs> do you know what, right?
1: I was thinking a lot about this earlier. The idea that they pretend to be millionaires to recruit Sam Neill or Alan Grant to take him back to Dinosaur Island to then reveal that A, they're not millionaires, B, they're not being paid and C, they didn't even know which island they were going to do you think that's what Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy did <laughs> do you think they just went to Sam Neil and said it's Kathleen Kennedy and, uh, and Steven Spielberg are really big people you know like we've got a lot of money and they go oh really yeah yeah lots of money we're going to throw a lot of money at this Jurassic Park film and he's gone alright oh, what's, what, what's it going to be about really well we're going to go to Jurassic Park Island and there's going to be loads of stuff mercenaries great new dinosaurs excellent and then he gets there and finds out it's just rubbish <laughs> and there's no story there's no script he's wearing the same outfit from the first movie and all of his actors with the exception of william h macy are just nobodies
0: yeah i mean god he must have turned up on set and said um where's where's steven i was expecting (laughs) steven um has anybody seen uh jeff goldblum
1: Oh, God. Anyway, I've put a paragraph here, which I thought I'd read to you. Uh, Millionaire, captain of industry, invites Grant and Billy to a sports bar with a pool table. Not exactly the Ritz. Um, Then Grant orders a drink. I couldn't figure out what the drink was, right? And I rewound (laughs) it three times. In the end, I I was annoying my missus. I had to put the subtitles on so I could see what the drink was called. And I've got it here. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. So Grant orders... (laughs) Oh, I can't even read it. I'm on my third glass of wine, can you not tell? Uh Grant Grant orders a catfish. Okay. Uh so he says this is with the subtitles on by the way, and again subtitles aren't hundred percent, so I'm gonna take this with a pinch of salt. He says, Hi, Ice pick catfish. And Billy says, same please cat <laughs> <laughs> So I Googled this. I don't know what an ice pick catfish is. Um I have no idea either. There's a thing look on here. Um it says Jurassic Parkpedia. Grant and Billy drink an ice pick catfish. It's a vodka-based drink with iced tea and lemon. I've oh, never heard of it.
0: Never heard yeah. of it either. But it sounds all right. Yeah, ice pick catfish.
1: Anyway, Sweet. there you go. Um so that was that. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, Grant says there's no force on earth and heaven that will get me on this island, and then William H Macy says I can write anything on this check, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> knowing full well that it will bounce. I I could say the same thing, Jake. I'll write anything I on this check. <laughs> mm. So I mean, he's not wrong.
1: Yeah, Paul Paul Kirby's not technically lied to Grant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, technically he can write whatever he wants on that check and. Alan just sees all these zeros and he's he's bought out again, just like he was in the first film.
1: Does he not think as well that when a rich person approaches him at a dig site and offers him the trip of a lifetime to an island surrounded by dinosaurs, it might not be a good idea based on previous experience? Like you said, it's the same film. Yeah. He needs funding and he needs funding. A millionaire comes into his tent and the next minute, he's on a fucking plane to Costa Rica. <laughs>
0: this, this plane ride is both my favourite and my, my least favourite oh, scene God. all at once. My favourite bit is when they ask the mercenaries how they know the Kirbys. <laughs> and the answer is through our church, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, some of the jokes in this film are brilliant. So that, That's great. And then we get the infamous Alan scene. I, you see, I didn't, I didn't know if that was going to be.
1: I, how do I say this? I don't know what's a joke and what isn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when the film, the film is so poorly written and it is poorly written. so We're going to put that out there. It's so poorly written and poorly paced that I didn't, I don't understand when those jokes are jokes because they don't land properly. No. Like you said, where he turns to the guy and smiles at him and goes, "How do you know the Kirby's?" and he says, "Through our church." I'm like. Is that supposed to be funny? Like, what the hell is he talking about?
0: He looks like Bono. <laughs> he does look like Bono. Like Bono after a bad few years. Um, he, he's, I think that's meant to be funny. I think the, yeah. the, the raptor saying, Alan, I don't know if that's meant to be funny or not. That really didn't land well for me. And it was just like, it's, in each of the other films, the first time you, you see or you hear a dinosaur, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it, in the in the first two films, it's a scary moment. In this film, they, yeah. they make the first time you see a dinosaur a joke, and you just think, yeah, D- it, that that then takes away any sort of uh, fear in the film because raptors now are jokes. That, yeah, that. and also Grant is scared of raptors because he was scared of raptors in
1: Jurassic Park. He even said to Ellie like he can't stop thinking about them since they were on the island. And like you, I don't understand why they did that. Also, if you're a test screen audience, what the hell must they have thought? when he wakes up on the plane and a uh, raptor just goes, Alan, that, it's rid- ridiculous, isn't it? It's, it it's, it's terrible. I can't even believe I'm talking about it on a podcast with you yeah. and giving it credence like it's a thing. It's, like, who the hell approved that as a thing? Why it, did he do that? It, the,
0: the crazy thing is, it wasn't approved by one person, Jack. That will have gone through loads of hands. And they, God, they all yeah. said, they all said, yes, that's what we want in our dinosaur film. And yeah. you think, really, is that is that what you wanted in your dinosaur film? It's oh. so poor, it's and so poor. It then takes them ages to make the raptors a scary presence again. They actually have yeah, to make to build them, them up again. Yeah, they have to make the raptors scary, and they have to go to like extra extremes. Like they, um, they you the raptors use one of the characters as a trap, don't they? Later on, yeah, and yeah. That that scene actually felt quite good, but it only felt good because I'd felt so ridiculous about the whole Alan scene. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. It could have been it could have been similar, not in visual sort of impressiveness, but it could have been similar to the Raptors running through the long grass. You see yeah, the Raptors it's... working as a team. You see the Raptors, you know, uh, trying to trick the humans and trap yeah. the humans. And you, you think that shows real intelligence but yeah, i
1: agree i think it does and i think you like you say once you give up the ghost of the idea so early they do this again later as well with the um i think it's called the carnotaurus it's like a red dinosaur at carnivore yeah and it kind of rocks up when they're sifting through shit and then it kind of looks at them sniffs them and then runs off and you're like oh is that supposed to be funny as well and like you say yeah. it's 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 making fun of something where Jurassic Park had built up this incredible tension and fear in things um, to then throw it all the way. It, it is. It's just so misjudged. I think misjudged is the biggest thing I can say about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then I think that the, the biggest culprit in terms of scenes is once they get on the island, they hear a roar. Someone says, is that a T-Rex? Grant says, no, that sounds bigger. And they, they meet the Spinosaurus, basically, and they, they finally yeah. s- escape from it. They round a corner and they just confront a T-Rex having lunch. And, yeah, it, it's and they, so bad. It's so poorly paced. It really is. And the T-Rex having lunch sort of looks at them, instantly thinks, well, I've already eaten, but you look nice anyway, and chases yeah. them. And then the Spinosaurus kills it. And it's just yeah. like this thing that was meant to be immensely terrifying, and to try and make their new shiny dinosaur more terrifying, they just make it kill it within seconds. And you think, yeah. oh, well, that's taken some of the fear and spectacle out of the T-Rex now, and all I'm left if- with is this thing that looks like it's from a Jurassic park theme ride rather than a yeah. an actual dinosaur, because the animatronic is basically as complex as the Jaws animatronic from the first film. It just sort of shakes its head <laughs> from side to side and growls yeah. a bit. And you think, oh, if, well, that's not scary.
1: I agree. If you can consider as well in this movie that that Spinosaurus is Cuffling Kennedy in the studio and the T-Rex is, <laughs> the t-rex is any hope for the franchise. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I read about this when you're saying about the Spinosaurus being elevated to its position in this movie. Apparently, they're talking about the dinosaurs have evolved in the time that they've been on that island. And I'm thinking, right, these people who have written this clearly don't understand how evolution works. It took like 60 million years for them to evolve. Apparently, hmm. these dinosaurs have evolved in what? The space of 10 years?
0: Yeah, about <laughs> 10 years. They've just gone, bop, and they've appeared. And that's how evolution yeah, works know, in the Jurassic Park universe.
1: Exactly. And we know that the Spinosaur wasn't on InGen's list because it, it wasn't. And we know it wasn't on the island because Malcolm was on the island with, with Julianne Moore a few years before. They had a couple of T-Rexes with a baby. There was some raptors and all sorts of other critters. No Spinosaur, James. No, nope, didn't so see one. you're telling me that they've engineered a Spinosaur on an abandoned island after 10 or 15 years. Like It, it wasn't there because it's bollocks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just... I, they they don't really sell this movie very well, do they? It doesn't feel like no. it's part of the same world. Universe. It's oh, not universe. Fabric.
1: It hasn't got the fabric, yeah. Mm. It's, it's the same, like, oh, when, when Mrs. Kirby, um, um, Tia Leone, is stood on the edge of the runway shouting into a megaphone for no reason. Like, she's not even shouting in different directions. She's just going, Eric, Ben... And then at the end of it, when you listen to Grant's um, audio, when he's talking to, the, to Mr. Kirby, they just blend it into a noise. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of stops being Eric Ben, and then it just kind of becomes... <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, really uh, it really does. It, it really they're, does. They're just they're, they're a useless pair. Like I say, if, if I was rewriting this film, I would make them the big bad. I would make the yeah. Kirby's evil, not just hopeless, because that's all they are in the film. Like even to yeah. the point where later on they uh, they make it into one of the Ingen buildings, and yeah. and Mr. Kirby's trying to to pay for food in a vendor. So that's blatantly not on. And he's asking people for change. So they're trying to make him seem honest again. And you think, No, you've just encouraged this group of people onto a dangerous island. You're definitely yeah, the yeah, bad exactly. guy. You can't yeah. you can't now try and portray him as this honest guy and then Billy just breaks the vending machine and steals all the food that's probably out of date must be out of
1: date because this is I I can't fathom it it's weird isn't it I don't and then he walks away from the vending machine Paul Kirby so he doesn't eat anything yeah Tia Leone gets on my wick within about 10 minutes of this movie. Like, I was ready to kill her. Yeah. I could not deal with her. And um, I've seen her in a few films, but I, oh, God, she is so irritating in this movie. She wanders um, off,
0: doesn't she, halfway through because she sees her now husband as a skeleton.
1: Yeah, she does. And, and, but she yeah. keeps screaming all the time. She screams when the T Rex is there. Not, oh, sorry. So it's Spinosaur is there. Yeah. Uh, this Can we just go back to it really quickly? This sure. plane crash sequence. There's not a mark on anybody. It's classic Hollywood. The plane then gets disassembled and rolled by the Spinosaur. It looks ridiculous. Also, yeah. I think the Spinosaur being an animatronic Spinosaur in broad daylight in essentially what the backlog, the backlot the back of Universal it looks like a studio yeah and i can't overstate that enough to a listen to, to people listening to the podcast like it looks like it was filmed and i know that everyone's going you to film of course it was filmed this looks like a carney film that was filmed on a set and yeah. when the spinosaurus is like nudging its nose through the through the um through the uh, plane I just started laughing. Like it just looks comical.
0: It looks And this is plastic. not me
1: slugging off to Studios, Stan Winston Studios, but it just looks
0: so silly. It does. I mean the, the if you look at the animatronics from the first two films, the first one especially, mm. um yeah. the, the dinosaurs look to have real living skin and tissue on them. You know, 'cause it mm. it, it moves as they as they move, you know, it creases yeah. This Spinosaurus animatronic doesn't have any creases in the skin. It's literally just like a plastic head that shakes backwards and forwards. Yeah. And I
1: think as well, what they tried to do in the other two is they they gave the dinosaurs their own personalities. Do you know, like when the T-Rex is nudging the car in the first one and it looks at the car when Tim closes the door? And it's kind of inquisitive all the time. and It has yeah. an inquisitive animal quality to it. This film just throws away all of that for a monster movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. There's, there's, there's no, no sense that that dinosaur is anything but some sort of slasher film villain. You know, when mm-hmm. it. Um, well, I know we're skipping about a lot, but I think it's it, it's important that you 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 take all these things as they happen. But the uh, the scene where the two they they've they've split up, but the two groups meet by the big fence. And all of a sudden, yeah. they they hear the ringtone, and they yeah. they turn around, and he's just there, like he is some sort of Freddy or Jason. He's just there behind them, and, hunting them, but yeah. not
1: hunting them because it's not what a dinosaur would do. Yeah, it's just standing, waiting for them.
0: Yeah, it's just bizarre, very bizarre. Um, so yeah, so we've um we've got out the plane. Uh, they've escaped both the T Rex and the Spinosaurus by letting them. Deal with each other, mm-hmm. and uh, this is where the Kirby's admit that they've got their islands mixed up because uh, they they talk about wanting Grant there because he's an expert, and Grant's like, I've never been on this island, I don't know where we are, um, yeah, which is great. You'd
1: read his book, wouldn't you? Really, you That'd would do, been-
0: it, or, or listened in his lecture because Kirby was in his lecture, but obviously wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, And then, then it comes out that these two were once married, but they're not anymore. Uh, Kirby owns a kitchen place. He's not a millionaire, so the the one remaining uh, mercenary who's not a mercenary realizes he's not getting paid either. Uh, I like it when he says, "If you ever need a bathroom or a kitchen," (laughs) (laughs) it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's just like this is this is the the lowest budget jurassic park film you could imagine because yeah even the characters in there are really you know l- low thrills low budget sort of characters and do you know, yeah do you know what it
1: reminded me of it reminded me of tropic thunder
0: yes oh yes <laughs> where
1: but- you're like imagine if they were all just actors on an island who get stuck on dinosaur island that's <laughs> so true their actors. that's so true this
0: is but this is a film that tries to take itself seriously like there's a The the moment we're coming up to, they find the video camera, the the camcorder, but the battery's dead. And the mercenary guy, who isn't really a mercenary, walks up and says, I've got an idea, and starts unscrewing his torch, because there's a battery (laughs) in the torch. But that battery would never go in that video camera. There's no no way that would work. But it then just (laughs) hard cuts to the video camera working off this torch battery. You just think, Yeah, why? even though
1: it's a video camera that's been in a Costa Rican jungle for about what eight weeks, yeah, it just works. Rain fine. puddles, dinosaurs, shit everywhere, and that camera still works. I mean, you cut, you drop an iPhone in a bath, it doesn't work.
0: I know, <laughs> I know.
1: And, and how can you have a camera in a rainforest?
0: This is just this is this is the film that there's that whole phrase of jumping the shark isn't there this film jumps about 50 yeah. sharks you know and we're all, we're not even halfway through i don't think at this stage i tell
1: you what i did find funny as well and I, I wrote this for you so the kid is like on the island that's why they go to the island because the kid is on the island yeah um he's with his like stepfather or whatever the the T. Leone's boyfriend character So, he's called Ben. He doesn't even make it out of the tree. (laughs) So, he's done the worst on Dinosaur Island that anyone's ever done. Because when he's dead, he's still in his parachute, which means he never actually touched the ground. He didn't touch the ground. So, he died without even getting on the island. (laughs) Poor guy. He's the worst Dinosaur Island person
0: ever. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Especially when you consider the young kid seems to survive for weeks on the island. Hmm. And you know, you know, he he's perfectly happy and safe inside his little truck. Um, didn't leave it. Didn't save his bloody stepdad though, did he? No, no. Quite willing to go out on a limb and save Alan Grant though, by using with the gas grenades. Yeah, the last of his gas grenades because he makes a point of that. <laughs> Doesn't he once once they're safe? He says, Yeah, they were the last grenades we had. He's like, And you wasted all of them? Were they all necessary?
1: you have to use all of them. Yeah, there's a bit here I've written that just says, um, it's when they leave the uh, they leave the raptor nest and Billy's late. And then when Grant runs back to find Billy, he's zipping up a bag. I'm like, he's definitely not took raptor eggs. No, no. <laughs> he, he
0: leaves that place looking completely innocent and not guilty at all. <laughs> <sighs>
1: it's so stupid. Then they go back to the
0: compound, which I think is the compound where we
1: ended the last movie. Yes. And it looks completely different. Obviously, they just redesigned it all, which is kind of annoying. Um The vending machine bit's quite funny. And then there's a raptor attack where the raptor is, like, pretending to be a puppet in a cage, which I thought was, again, really stupid. Yeah. Um, I guess it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool sequence. Um, And then he makes a weird noise and Alan Grant's like, oh, my God, he's calling for help.
0: Yeah. Like, he instantly knows that that's the help call, despite the fact Mm. that no one's heard raptor calls. Yeah, it's at weird, all, isn't it? It's it's really strange. Um,
1: they then they then run for a field, and they've all got backpacks, belts. The uh, army guys got like loads of utility stuff on him. I'm like, drop that shit, run! Yeah. Do you really need all your backpacks? You're probably not going to make it off the island anyway, so just leave your backpacks. Uh,
0: and then they they aim for the trees, and they they climb up in the trees. And this is the the bit we were talking about earlier, where the raptors set a a trap, which yeah. which is really quite cool. They they use one of the mercenaries who aren't really mercenaries probably uh, mm-hmm. as a as a trap and um the 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 main characters are about to go and save this guy but then the raptors jump out and uh, make the other guy scream by clawing him a bit I, and yeah. like i said this bit had a bit of that classic jurassic park tension and then yeah. it's they completely undo it because they they left sat in this tree and they, they start having conversations about their lives back home. And they, at that point, the island just becomes more inconvenient rather than a threat. And it's an interruption to people's yeah. lives. And it's just like, this, this isn't what I want in a Jurassic Park film. I don't want the island just to be an inconvenience that they're just sitting through until they get home. There's, there's quite a lot of that in this movie, I thought, where they're like sat
1: in a little bush as if they're on a camping trip, like you said. Or they've gone on an um, orienteering day and they just got lost it doesn't feel like the jeopardy. Like you said, there's no real jeopardy there where you're like, you're on dinosaur Island. There's loads of things out here that can kill you. Why are you not like, I don't know. I think it's because during the second one, we had Pete Postlethwaite with his rifle looking shifty all the time. Yeah. And um, they were all armed up to the teeth and they were all like cowering. in the it was more like a Vietnam film, wasn't it? In the second one. Yeah. When they were, when, when they lost all their communication stuff and their trucks and they were all just on foot. And, this has none of that. It just feels, like you say, like a family walk on Christmas Day. Yeah. It's just stupid. It, um, the raptor attack is kind of silly. Um, and then, yeah, Eric saves Grant. And we find Eric in a van that's several miles away from where he landed with yeah. the thing, which doesn't make any sense either. No. Um, And the Kirby's, like you say, they have a little soft moment in the tree, make it up with each other, even though... She's just found out her boyfriend died about three hours ago.
0: Yeah, but you know, she's she's with her husband who's put everybody's life in danger. <laughs> you think? And, and... <laughs> how does that make him more attractive? How? How? <laughs> oh. I'm gonna put you
1: this on right now. I'm just gonna see if I can get the microphone to move a second. So this is the next scene, pretty much in a nutshell, and uh, it's coming to you from a Nokia 3310. See this. Hi everyone, Telecom. I'm glad in here. I haven't made a video. Now. Oh, sorry, just um, talking. We'll cut that bit out.
0: hmm. And that had the falls and I will post.
1: go ahead and play it for you. Right. So, James, can you cut to this bit yeah. when we edit this? Right. Playing it now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jake, is there a Spinosaurus behind you?
1: I just checked. I don't think I think we're good. So that is a um I think it's not a polyphonic, is it? It's just a simple ringtone. Just your your average um,
0: Nokia satellite phone ringtone that's been swallowed by a Spinosaurus.
1: Again, ages the film incredibly bad. Uh, <laughs> and then the, the 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 heroes meet up and then the Spinosaurus sneaks up on them. It breaks through the fence, which is, again, like you said, it's that thing of going, oh, he'll never make it through the fence. Oh, look, he's made it through the fence. You're yeah. like, oh. It's I, that Jaws 2 thing again, isn't it? It's just so boring.
0: Yeah, so they they find that, because they sneak through a little gap in the fence and they think, oh, we're safe. Then they're not safe. So they go in through a little doorway into a, another building and think, oh, we're safe in here. And at, this, at, at that point, the Spinosaurus just sort of gives up and walks off. And yeah. they, then they have the reveal that Billy's nicked some raptor eggs. Um, yeah, they, and- also, they also
1: screw with us here because that Spinosaurus just took out a massive metal fence that's reinforced with concrete and steel. Yet they close a door on it and it can't get through.
0: <laughs> it obviously hasn't learnt the way the raptors learnt how to open doors.
1: In Jurassic Part 1. Yeah. Uh, it's just so stupid. And like you said earlier, they turn the Spinosaur into sort of a Jason Voorhees kind of character. And it just keeps popping up. Why does it keep popping up? It's not hunting them, really. No. It doesn't adhere to that thing they said in Jurassic Park 1 where they're like, oh, the T-Rexes feel threatened by us. We stole their baby, so they're going to change their perceived territory. And you're like, okay, some science stuff. But in
0: this, it's nothing. It's just, it's going to keep popping up when the plot suits. And it seems to know where they're going because it's ahead of them later. When When they finally get on the boat... They're they're going down the river and they come across some of the Spinosaurus poo. So the Spinosaurus is already ahead of them at that stage. So it knows that they're going for the river. How does it know that? It's weird, isn't it? It's so, so strange. But we, we, we come to a bit with some rickety bridges now, Jake.
1: Yeah, this doesn't make any sense either. So this is a birdcage designed for flying dinosaurs that has walkways around it, even though the dinosaurs themselves are incredibly dangerous.
0: Yeah, and the walkways, some bits of the walkways are covered, except the very dangerous rickety bits. Yeah,
1: that that, goes all the way across it.
0: Yeah, um, it does have a cool moment where you see the pterodon walking through the mist on the bridge. Yeah. It's a really cool shot. If the film had earned that cool shot, it would be amazing. Yeah. But we've we've had a ridiculous Spinosaurus moment followed by silly raptor egg reveal, followed by let's cross this bridge one at a time, it's too dangerous, yeah. to oh my gosh, this bridge can hold three people and a pterodon it was probably okay all along you know think <laughs> if they just yeah. all crossed at the same time they would have been fine but
1: it's so silly i do think that the pterodon sequence itself is pretty good like yeah as as an action sequence it kind of has all of those boxes ticked so i in a way it feels slightly disjointed from the rest of the movie and that this sequence holds up really well yes every character in it gets a thing to do so Billy goes off the thing with with the um, with the with the parachute. Um, Eric gets captured and fed to the babies. <laughs> um, TLA only does nothing, but whatever. And they have <laughs> to then they all have to jump off into the water, and then the bridge collapses, and then the pterosaurs um, peck Billy's parachute and he falls off the parachute into the water like it's got a lot of jeopardy hasn't it yeah it's it's really really well paced that sequence it 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 feels feels detached from the rest of the movie yeah Yeah, it 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 feels like a Spielberg Spielberg.
0: yeah and Mm. it's like say it's a bit like one of the action scenes in like an Indiana Jones film the pacing of it feels very similar to that and because usually in one of those films you've got Indy getting beaten up by a guy and then the the shot cuts to one of the other characters running away from other people and you, you, yeah. you cut between the two sets of action happening and that's sort of what happens here. It it cuts between multiple people doing different things and it, it keeps yeah. that pace up and the film hasn't had any of that pace up until now. No,
1: yeah. no all it's done and up until this sequence is it goes from one action beat to the next with no real sense of plot. It's just a group of people go to... Spinosaurus and Plane, then they go to T-Rex, then they go to Raptor, then they go to something else. It doesn't feel like it's got any sense of a direction to it at all. No. I know we're looking for Eric, but Eric just finds them. So the whole thing up until this point of the movie, where they get Eric back, is kind of pointless. Um, I also said that the Spino bit on the boat was pretty good. Like, As much as I think that Spinosaurus is a bit of a shit dinosaur, the... The river sequence is in the rain. It's got thunder and lightning. It's got fire. Yeah, and again, it has that. It feels very much a part of that Jurassic DNA. Um, unlike the rest of the movie, where the Spinosaurus is just like rummaging around in the boat, uh, sorry, in the in the plane, or chasing them across a the field, because this is at night time, and he, they reveal it as his spine coming up through the water, and it feels like it's got a little bit more, yeah, more peril, more fear about it.
0: It does, it does. And then they cut to a scene with Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> so, the, about that so, so you've got this bit that's very, like you say, very dramatic, very Jaws reminiscent. Um, so it does feel like it's got that Spielberg DNA and then you've got Barney the dinosaur on television. And you just think? Oh, remember
1: as well. Sorry, go on.
0: I was just thinking you you just couldn't keep it up, film. You could, please, film. No. I just I just want my my Jurassic Park moment. I don't want my purple yeah. dinosaur moment to come and ruin it. But you know it did. Yeah. There isn't really a lot
1: else we can say. It kind of winds down after this. Yeah. Um, there is a bit before the Barney the Dinosaur cameo where uh, the actors are literally digging through shit. And yeah. I know Laura Dern does that in Jurassic Park 1, but it's kind of got relevance to it there. Um, and then Paul falls off the crane, the dinosaur, the Spinosaurus runs away, and you pretend that William H. Macy's character's dead. He's not, he's fine, and they all meet up and it's all happy-clappy, and you're like, oh, yeah. wouldn't it have been better if he'd just had died? And then it would have given some weight to the plot.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh At the end, they also meet Billy, who got attacked by the pterosaurs, and, you know, they supposedly kill Billy because uh, yeah. uh, Eric has a little conversation with Grant on the boat about, you know, he sort of half heartedly says, I'm really sorry about Billy and, and you don't think he's that sorry. And then uh, Grant has this philosophy, uh, philosophising moment about how Billy probably went the way he wanted to do because, you know, there's this whole difference between studying and doing and Billy was a doer. And you think, no, I'm sure Billy didn't want to die. And the irony is that apparently the actor didn't want his character to die because they mm. meet up with him at the end uh, when the military come in. Uh, they've, they've rescued Billy and Bi- Billy's still got Grant's hat. So we have the whole Indiana Jones return your hat moment at the end yeah
1: I think... I, I, I've put that in my notes as well I've put why does Grando do an Indiana Jones at the end of this film it is very strange and yeah like you say Billy's death he dies saving Eric which is plot that's story isn't it like that's life yeah Billy saves Eric from the pterosaurs and then dies you go oh so he does redeem himself and at the same time lends a sense of weight to the film that this carefree young guy ends up dying in in essentially in like battle um but no like you say they bring him back at the end and he's fine um <clears throat> it's and then yeah they use the dinosaur uh sorry they use the the raptor 3d printing um chamber which uh again why billy would take that on the plane on a what was supposed to be an aerial tour of isla Nubler. sorry isla sauna See, I'm doing it now. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why. Why would he take the 3D printed thing with him? But he does anyway. And Grant finds it and it's it's plot. And the raptors just leave them alone and take their eggs. Yeah. And that's it. And then... Do you know what? It does feel like... I think I've put a note about it somewhere. It just feels like they did not know how to end the movie. So they said, well, let's give the eggs back to the raptors. And then the military arrive and it's helicopters. They scare the raptors away. And... um. Loads of tanks rolled up on the beach and they just get away. Yeah, and so and like, oh, somehow really? they've, they've managed
0: to land a businessman on the beach before all the military get there. So there's just this lone business person who doesn't seem to have had a boat that got him there. He's just stood on the yeah. beach waiting for them. And then it pans to the left and the military are right next to him. You think, well, how did he get there? Also, Ellie, Laura Dern's character, rings the
1: military... I don't think you could organize a military operation or incursion into an island south of Costa Rica within 12 hours. No,
0: no, let let alone however long it actually took, because it was it was night time when they made the call, and then it's morning yeah. by you know it's only just morning, isn't it, by the time they give the eggs back to the raptors? So you think that's. That's some fast military action right there.
1: It's stupid, James. It it's is. ridiculous. It is
0: ridiculous, Jake. I mean, the good news is we don't have to watch this film again. I tell you, the best news is they don't go to bloody San Diego at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine if they'd just gone to San Diego at the end, and and then we had like that whole other section of the film where that they're on that bolted-on bit. Yeah, I mean that would have yeah. been a terrible idea.
1: It is a terrible film, and I think I can't really overstate that enough. Um, So, yeah, that's Jurassic Park 3. Should we do some facts, James?
0: Let's do some facts, Jake.
1: Right, I am looking here. Uh, A full-sized Pterodon suit was made for the movie, but it was never used in favour of CGI.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. It might have made it better.
1: Um, What is this one? Much like Spinosaurus, the Pterodon was to be an animal that was not listed in InGen's list in one of the early scripts. This has been contradictory to what was shown in the Lost World Jurassic Park when a pterodon is seen on the fact sheets given to the engine hunters um, and as one of the screensavers in the Gatherer's uh, RV. So apparently they always did have pterodons on the island. And yeah, I forgot about that. The pterodons are at the end of Lost World, aren't they, on the trees yeah. just knocking about.
0: Yeah, they're just sort of flapping about being pterodons.
1: And now in this one, they're in massive bird cages, <laughs> um, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, let me have a look. Several designs of the Jurassic Park 3 logo did not feature Spinosaurus. Instead, they featured the Velociraptor, um, the Pterodon, and the Luriniharanus embryo. Oh, okay. Oh, human, a, hum, a human embryo, usually depicted as a skeleton, and finally Tyrannosaurus Rex. None of them were used All ditched in the favour of the Spinosaurus. Although, um, so yeah, you mean, you know, the Jurassic Park skeleton background. Mm. Uh, In this one, it's actually the Spinosaurus' skeleton, not the T-Rex' skeleton. So it's the only one of all of the films that's ditched the T-Rex skeleton in favour of something else. Uh. Uh, It was the first of the Jurassic Park movies not to be scored by John Williams. That's a sad fact. Yeah. Um, Another thing they stole from the Lost World Jurassic Park is the concept of the Lucky Backpack, which Sarah Harding uh, has in Lost World Uh. and Billy... Billy also says he's saved by his lucky backpack in Jurassic Park 3, so just get more rehashing. Next fact. According to the interview with William H. Macy, he said that the movie's animatronic spinosaur was one uh, sorry, had a horsepower of a thousand horsepower uh in its motor, and the creature could turn its head at twice the force of gravity with the tip of its nose moving at the speed of more than 100 miles an hour. Gosh. That's how powerful it was. Uh, It was the largest animatronic ever built. It was approximately 25 foot high, its length reaching around 40 feet long and weighing approximately 24,000 pounds. It was operated by hydraulics. Uh, This allowed it to be operated whilst completely submerged in water. Uh, It ended just being the hip. (laughs) Sorry, it it ended at the hip. So any shot that shows more of it uh, than just the hip was computer-generated, we know that, with yeah. the size dinos. Oh,
0: ah, okay. Uh, I, I have one that I can share. Yes, please do. Michael Crichton worked with the screenwriters several days to brainstorm about a story, but left uh, <laughs> after several days when he could not come up with a satisfactory idea.
1: <laughs> uh, that just speaks volumes, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah i love that That
1: is sad as well because yeah because that means that crichton basically walked away from his own franchise knowing it was going to be shit
0: yeah he was like no i can't deal this anymore this is terrible please don't do this and they went ahead and did it anyway
1: oh god it's so boring isn't it um yeah, I don't really have anything else. I just, yeah, Billy and Dr. Grant are on the plane. Dr. Grant sleeps like Indiana Jones, playing paying homage to Indy by putting the hat over his face when he sleeps, which Indiana Jones does in each of the films. Again, I don't know why we need that reference. Yeah, I think that's it, mate. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't have any more facts. It literally ran out of talking points with a film that's an hour and a half long, should be the most exciting film of a th- trilogy of amazing films, and it's shite.
0: Yeah. it It's a film. It exists. They they made it. It made it into cinemas and it has a raptor yeah. that says Alan. So. Yeah. Um,
1: it, it has a raptor that says Alan.
0: That sums it up. <laughs> the, the, there is one little tidbit here. Shooting began before the final script was completed.
1: Yeah. Of course it did. <laughs> it doesn't show at all. It's so boring. Um Anyway, what was your you wanted to give me your shit merch? Yeah, You're I actually some, about this at the some
0: some premeditated shit merch this week. So Excellent. This is for anyone who wants to relive those very magical Spinosaurus moments. It's an adult sized Spinosaurus costume. <laughs> what? You can buy <laughs> you can buy with real money a very real adult-sized spinosaurus costume it looks like a set of pajamas with the the spinosaurus fin attached to the back of it and the why why would you buy that and then and then it's got the crocodile style nose on the uh, on like the hooded area that goes over your head and my favourite thing about it, I will send you the picture, is the model yes. they use to advertise it has the creepiest look on his face behind the mask. You need it, to send it to me. Send it to me tonight. I'm going to put it on Instagram. I will. It's it's brilliant. It's it's the purest definition of shit merch I could ever experience. I love that. So if anyone wants to buy James's shit
1: merch, we'll put a link to it on the uh, Instagram feed. So get on our Do The Franchise Instagram and we'll show that later on. Uh Yeah, I think that's it for me, James. Next, uh, we need to start our Christmas special.
0: Yes. So it is, is Christmas around the, the corner. Absolutely. It is. It's come fast. It has. It feels like we've gone from lockdown to lockdown to lockdown to Christmas. So I'm not sure what happened I mean, to 2020. I know it's we been literally, terrible. That's
1: literally what happened. Uh, and yeah, yeah.
0: And it's it's now Christmas. But that is good because that means we get to talk about really good Christmas films. And who doesn't love really good Christmas films? We don't do bad Christmas
1: films. We don't do bad Christmas films because we don't want to, because we think we we spend enough time in our year giving you all shit films like this to talk about (laughs) and listen to. We think that our listeners deserve decent films to listen to and talk about at Christmas. And that is exactly what we're going to do, James.
0: Absolutely. So I can't wait to talk about my favourite Christmas film, Fast and Furious 5.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. On that bombshell, I will see you
1: next time for the Christmas special. Thanks, guys, and thanks, James. And, uh, yeah, catch you later, man. See you later, Jake. See you later, everybody. Thanks. Take care, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.